Hey, well, hey, hey, welcome everybody. It's episode 74. Isn't that right, Mike? You know, I forgot to check. I failed I failed in my duties to check. Well, that's I'm a pre- dereliction of duties. I'm pretty sure it's episode 74 of Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. Hey, Mike, how are you doing? Hey, man, I only know one thing, and that is Pork Tea is back. <laughs> still. <laughs> oh, man. Actually, I don't know if Pork Tea is still back or not, but I do know that you can order online, which is what the sign at Culver <laughs> says right now with three exclamation points and all caps. Do it. Let me go. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's um, dark, dark, dark times in town. It is. The COVID numbers are through the roof. Higher than ever. Through the dang roof. Yeah. My insider at the hospital tells me things are grim. Bad. Yeah, grim. grim. Um, I've been keeping an eye on the uh, Indiana State Department of Health COVID-19 novel coronavirus dashboard. Mm-hmm checking out those numbers occasionally it's not good it's not good you probably already already know this listener but if you don't uh be careful (laughs) be careful out there for yourself and everybody else and your loved ones that's right don't uh yeah don't go wear your wear your wear your mask don't go putting people at unnecessary risk yeah just because you i did get tested this morning Uh uh-huh my goodness. Prognosis negative? Well, I got to wait two days to find out. But uh, the when I got tested this summer at the National Guard Armory, mm-hmm. uh, it was no problem. You know, they stuck a little Q-tip in my nostril, barely cleaned me out and said I was good to go. Today, my goodness, today... They took the longest swab that's ever been swabbed, oh. and they stuck it all the way into the back of my skull. They, they had to take a, a culture off the back of my skull that they reached in with this thing and scraped <laughs> both nostrils. Had to just scrape and scratch the back of my brain. Uh, it was rough. Rough stuff. Dang. Yeah, yeah it, wasn't, it wasn't like that when I was tested last. She said, have you done this before? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is old hat, man. I, you don't have to warn me. Yeah, I come twice a day sometimes. Yeah, this is. I do what this else for am I going to do? This is for fun. And can't then, see yeah. my loved ones, my friends. I just talk to the t- COVID That's testers. Right. She let me have it. I uh, I did wince, though I stayed still. But I well, winced. Let me hear your wince. I didn't audibly wince. I winced with my facial expression. But it was like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't make any sounds. And they had Christmas music piped in. In the gymnasium at the National Guard Army. Oh, they, really? Yeah, they had Oh Come Let Us Adore Him playing, you know, like some kind of Nat King Cole version playing uh, over the, like, ancient loudspeakers, you know, in the... <laughs> yeah. It was, it was kind of exactly what I would want. Right. Uh, <laughs> it was nice. And it was really quiet. You could barely hear it, but it was good. And they were... They, they, there was... I had to wait in line a little while. I hadn't made an appointment to get the test. Uh, but then I had to... Uh, wait in line just for a little bit and they had three people checking people in and also three people administering tests so it all went rapidly once I got in there well that's good yeah I was saying they should have combined the COVID testing with voting they got that big <laughs> big big gym <laughs> get it mandatory yeah make it all mandatory yeah you know you Mandata- gotta get a test and submit a vote my kids had a test last week and I guess they got they got put through the ringer too with the 
the swab, although I think they handled it well, from what I'm told. I wasn't with them. Yeah, but did, my they wife didn't says, like wince like a like a <laughs> small baby. <laughs> no, but I think Mrs. Adams may have. Oh, okay. I think she might not have taken it as well as the children because she was not. She was in the same boat as me, you know, like thinking, oh. I've done this. It's easy. It's not sure. even a problem. And then, boy, they really give it to you. Well, how was your Thanksgiving time? It was good, man. It was, uh, I, I feel like we were talking COVID so much here. We should say that since it has gotten cold and since the numbers are through the roof again, you and I are back to our old ways where you are in your vehicle. Yeah. Literally parked on my front porch. And I am in the studio looking through the window right. at you. That that isn't to say we were uh, careless before, not at all. Right, we were outside before. Yeah, more or less on yeah. a porch or whatnot, or by a, a fire, by a roaring fire. It's just become outdoors. too cold. But uh, it's thirty degrees today. Yeah, it's gonna be about this temperature for the next week or so. It looks like. But anyway, uh, Thanksgiving was good. Uh, we made a big feast here for the four of us. That was. Well, Jess mostly made it. I made the biscuits from scratch. Mm-hmm. But Jess prepared a feast that was really out of sight. Hold on, real quick. Uh, can you ask our engineer intern? I think the, the music cut out. Yeah, it did. I'm not sure why. That's strange. It's become very dramatic in here. Yeah. Did you push the stop button? No, it's playing. <laughs> anyway. Has it, has it become unplugged somewhere along the chain from the house to your vehicle? There's a chance that has happened. I mean, unless like a one of your skunks got to it. Oh, there was for a second. How about now? No, it's not there. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Well, what if a skunk was out there just gnawing on the cables? Even skunks are falling on hard what times. What if it was a gopher or whatever from Caddyshack? <laughs> uh, anyway, what did you eat on Thanksgiving? Hold on real quick. I okay. don't know how well you can see me. Maybe very well right now. I can actually. see you. You kind of look like... Um, Disgraced uh, cult leader Jim Jones yeah, at the moment. That makes sense uh, for two reasons. One, I did uh, cave in and uh, get a haircut this week at home from Mrs. Adams. Okay. And she did a great job. I'll allow so it. It looks like a professional haircut. Yeah, when I saw it, I was like, oh man, Mike went to Bo Ricks. <laughs> Gotta stay away from him. <laughs> yeah. That's what I feel like I need to wear a sign that says, this is a home haircut. It's just a very good <laughs> Don't one. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, uh, so there's that. I have this Jim Jones haircut happening. But also, um, I'm wearing my sunglasses, my shades. I've been dealing with these migraine headaches oh. for, you know, five years. But they've increased in frequency in the last few months. And so I'm extremely sensitive to bright light right now. And the sun, because we're doing this at midday, the sun is just perfectly glancing off the hood of your car uh-huh. directly into my face. And it is actually a little bit painful. So I put on my shades so that I can take a peek at you once in a while. Otherwise, I'm mostly sitting back behind the curtain. Okay. I'll I'll let you know if I need to see you for anything. (laughs) Okay, thanks. So what did you eat on Thanksgiving? Sorry, I keep... That's okay. I just really (laughs) want to know now. (laughs) What did we have? It's been so long. Get it? No. Nothing's wrong. Oh, okay. Sure. (laughs) I get it. I was, that was a pun on the song. Yeah, just riffing. Um, we, what was our, oh, you know what? She actually, Jess actually came to me and said, hey, I hope this is okay. 
but instead of turkey this year, I'm going to make ribs. And I was like, you hope it's okay. Yeah. That's preferred, man. The only reason people have turkey is because they think they have to. Yeah. I'm fine with turkey, but I never, like, want it. I like a cold-cut turkey. But as far as turkey right off the bird, mm, I could take it or leave it. But she made ribs in the crock pot. And boy, were they great. They were so great. Just tender and really easy to eat and so tasty. Sounds great. So that was the main meat. Uh-huh. Ribs. Uh, and she also made some savory mashed sweet potatoes. Okay. With rosemary that were out of sight. Totally out of sight. Very good. Uh, what else? There were some other things. Asparagus, which I love. I actually said while we were eating, I said asparagus might be my favorite vegetable. Really? Yeah. Every time I eat it, I think, gosh, I like this. It is good. Yeah. Um, and then she made a banana pudding. Okay. She, I, I feel like I ought to preface this by saying that holiday meal prep and party hosting and planning is something that she looks forward to. Uh, she was not subjected to to all of this food prep she was very excited about it and mm-hmm. uh and getting into it uh and i was happy to tell her how great it ta- all tasted i i always love reading her recipes on goop <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i'm forgetting something she's in the other room maybe i'll ask her yeah uh hey jess <laughs> give me a sec <laughs> please uh did you watch the parade no no that's not my style can you tell the okay, people? Sorry. Uh, I, I think I'm forgetting Excuse things me. that you made for Thanksgiving feast. Can you Can tell us the list audience? of things you made? Yeah, I made ribs in the crock pot that were so good. Yeah, we've been over that already. They were so Mashed. good. She can't hear you. Only I can. <laughs> <laughs> Mashed sweet potatoes with brown butter and rosemary. And I made green beans with blue cheese and walnuts. And we made biscuits and banana pudding i think that was all great the only thing i got wrong was asparagus we had asparagus the other night not thanksgiving um can you thanks um, i couldn't remember the green beans but they were also great hey is the is the is the uh phone line open it's open okay uh just wondering anyway i'm going to tell you uh (laughs) what we had for thanksgiving are you ready yes please okay we lost the music again i know okay Caramelized onions and crispy bacon. Hold on, I'll start over. <laughs> Individual cranberry baked brie puff pastries. Brussels sprouts with caramelized onions and crispy bacon. Fried mac and cheese balls with truffle oil. Buttery jalapeno cornbread. Lobster mashed potatoes. Garlic and herb stuffed mushrooms. Roasted butternut squash with maple glazed pecans. Prosciutto wrapped asparagus spears. Cranberry sauce out of the can. Not bad, huh? <laughs> That sounds like a pretty good meal. So, uh, prosciutto, what is that? Prosciutto wrapped asparagus spears. Yeah, you it's would like love a tongue that twister. Because that's your favorite vegetable, yeah. the asparagus. Now, can you explain prosciutto to me? Yeah, it's just like a thin Italian ham. It's ham? I think I learned about it from the Giada di Laurentiis show about 10 years ago. I, I can identify it, and I like to eat it. I just don't know what it is. Prosciutto. You get it at 
Aldi's? You don't get it at Aldi's. <laughs> I get it at Aldi's. I got it once at Aldi's. I went to Aldi's. What if there's a short in this uh, music wire? You know, there's that's quite possible. Oh, there's the music. <coughs> that's nice. So, yeah, I'm glad you guys had a nice holiday. We stayed home it was, like uh, you're supposed to. Yeah, I was going to say, this is our first time not traveling at all Oh, to see any yeah. family. Yeah, we, my whole family's riddled with uh, the novel coronavirus right now. They've all got it. That's awful. My whole family. That's an unspoken request exclusive. <laughs> medical, <laughs> private medical information. I won't, I won't say specifically oh. who's got it. Who's riddled. <laughs> not every single member of your extended family is riddled with it. No, I'm guessing, if I had to guess, I'd, of my... Of my entire extended family, I'm going to say 70% of them have COVID-19. That's my best guess. That's not good. Yeah, not good. I think you made the right choice not eating at the big Thanksgiving table (laughs) with all of them. (laughs) No, we did cancel all the family holiday stuff, including Christmas already. Oh, really? Yeah. That's an unspoken unspoken request exclusive, too. It is, yeah. Canceled Christmas. You know, Kurt Cameron did his best. He did, he did his best effort to prevent this from happening, but the PC culture wars won out. Yeah. Destroyed Christmas. Well, maybe next year. <laughs> Mike, what's your favorite Christmas Christmas movie these days? That's a good question. We have been watching some while we eat our dinners at, at night with the kids. Um, I've always loved Home Alone. I got a soft spot for that one. Um, that That one's up there for me. Home Alone. I love a Christmas story. I really... Yeah, that's what, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> I really love the Muppet Christmas Carol a lot with Michael oh, yeah. with Michael Caine and all the Muppets. Michael Caine. All, the whole Muppet gang, you know? Yeah. Uh, I really love that. Um, when that ghost of Christmas present is like, Come in and know me better, man. I love it. I don't remember that part. I'll have to oh, watch it again. I love it. <laughs> um, I was reading on Twitter.com this morning that people were saying uh, it's the time of year for planes, trains, and automobiles, which is a family favorite that we have not watched this year. And I don't really think of it as a Christmas movie, but, you know, it's a holiday travel movie for sure. Didn't think about that. And I, yeah, so we need to watch that again because we all do like that one. I showed- Is John Candy's character the same character as he is in Home Alone? <laughs> is that in the same universe? <laughs> I think it's the Uncle Buckiverse. Oh, right. Okay. That's right. <laughs> yeah, hard to tell. I uh, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm 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 my mind is in pieces, Jared. Well, at the moment. Um. So I'm sorry to you, listener. I'm sorry to put you through this. I should just quit. Is what I should do. But nope, not me. Hey, did I just keep pushing. You, keep you said pushing. You, you said you didn't watch the parade this year. That's right. Yeah. Can I tell you who the special guest stars were this year? You're talking about the Verizon Wireless Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, uh, unrelated to that, uh, can you make sure my uh, telephone is uh, uh, in the mix? <laughs> yeah, please tell me who they're... Okay. Uh, here's who uh, the stars were this year. 
Sammy Davis Jr., Andy Gibb, The Oak Ridge Boys, Paul Williams, Milton Berle, Laura Branigan, Keith Carradine, Ricky Schroeder, Denise Williams, Benji. From Broadway, Foxfire, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, the Radio City Music Hall Rockettes, highlights from the New York City Opera production of The Magic Flute, Shelley Bruce, Peter Nero, Nickelodeon, Dean Butler, The Joffrey Ballet, The Muppets, and Santa Claus. Melba Moore, Linda Ronstadt, Rex Smith, Captain and Tennille, Sister Sledge, The Spinners, Cheetah Rivera, George Rose, Stephanie Mills. Highlights from the Broadway productions of Brigadoon, Pirates of Penzance, A Day in Hollywood, A Night in the Ukraine, Canine Star, Boomer, The Lone Ranger and Tonto, Popeye and Olive Oil, The Radio City Music Hall Rockettes, The First All Children's Theater, The Steinettes, Tony Award winner Priscilla Lopez, the ballet is Lino of Puerto Rico, from Little House on the Prairie, Dean Butler, Fran Jolie, Maynard Ferguson, Lacey J. Dalton, your favorite characters from Sesame Street, from Days of Our Lives, Paul Keenan, Danielle Brisbois, Charlie Pride, Tommy June and Twiggy, the reigning Miss America, Vanessa Williams, Ashford and Simpson, Lynn Anderson, Betty Buckley, Ken Page, Mr. Smith and Leonard Fry, Lou Rawls, the star of Broadway's You Can't Take It With You, Eddie Albert, the National Dance Institute, Ballet Hispanico, performances from the Broadway productions of Cats, My One and Only, The Tap Dance Kid, and the Radio City Music Hall Rockettes, the stars of We Got It Made, John Bauman, teenage singing star Glenn Scarpelli, the stars of Taking My Turn, Margaret Whiting, Marnie Nixon, and Sissy Houston, from Gimme a Break, Laura Jill Miller, and Joey Lawrence, Different Strokes, Mary Jo Catlett, The Boys Choir of Harlem, Rock, the band, Real People's Peter Billingsley, The Shirt Tales, The Care Bears, Rich Little, Tony winner Hinton Battle, and the Broadway cast of The Tap Dance Kid, from Hill Street Blues, Daniel J. Trabanti, James Sicking, and Bruce White, Marie Osmond, Robert Vaughn, Broadway's Avna the Eccentric, Maureen McGovern, Jacques Dombois, and the National Dance Institute, Dion Warwick, Tim Conway, Kay Ballard, from the television series V, Mark Singer, and Jane Ballard. The Radio City Music Hall Rockettes, Dom DeLuise. From Broadway's by one and only, Georgia Engel, Placido Domingo. From Riptide, Tom Bray, Perry King, and Joe Penny. From Gimme a Break, Joey Lawrence, Irene Cara, John Schneider. 1984 U.S. Olympic champions, Mary Lou Retton, Greg Lucanus, Tim Daggett, Evelyn Ashford, Tracy Ruiz, Rowdy Gaines, Tracy Calkins. From Cheers, John Ratzenberger, The Wyatt Brothers, from Different Strokes, Danny Cooksey, Desiree Goyette, the U.S. Coast Guard Academy Corral, Hunky Brewster, Soleil, Moon Fry, Audrey and Judy Landers, the Gold Dusters, a special salute to the Statue of Liberty, the Moco Jumbi Dancers, from Miami Vice, Philip Michael Thomas. I'll tell you who else was on the They really pack it out. But this uh, year was really full of stars. I'm glad to hear that Nickelodeon was able to make an appearance. Yeah. Me too. Hey, what's the deal with those Rockettes? It's the same. It's the same thirty Rockettes for the last hundred years, or not hundred years, but you know, there hasn't been any turnover in the group. But all they do is that kick line. Yeah, but they do it really well. Okay. No, I I don't know what their deal is. I think they have a whole production. I just don't know anything about them. But they're they're one of those things to me, those pop culture things that's like ubiquitous in this way 
They're everywhere. But I don't know what they do. I'm sure they do something. I just don't know what it is. Maybe next episode our uh, Wikipedia correspondent Jessica Adams can do a uh, report be, on the Rockettes. That's a good idea. Let's Thanks. plan on that. Yeah. Okay. Good thinking. You know, last episode, our guests suggested going to Judy's Kitchen. Oh, yeah. Did you make it over there? I got some takeout food from Judy's Kitchen. We lost your music again, just so you know. Oh. There it is. Oh, beautiful. Sorry about that. That was my fault. That's the one in the food court at the mall. Yeah, yeah. At College Mall. It was delicious. Yeah. So they were What'd you have? (laughs) I had some wontons and some... It was roast duck and pork. That sounds great. Yeah. It was nice. Um, what else is on my list of things to talk about? Um, oh yeah, scallops. What's the What's the deal with scallops? Is that a sea creature? Yeah, I'm just confused on whether it's a fancy food or uh, not, because I feel like the the price of scallops is all over the place. Well, the trouble with fancy food is that they even make food for cats. That's just gruel called fancy feast. Yeah. And that's not fancy. That's just chopped up gruel for cats. So it, fancy's a state of mind, you know. If you're eating scallops and you have a tie on, I'd say that's fancy food. If you're eating scallops that you pulled out of your microwave and you have the plate sitting on your round belly while you <laughs> lean back on your couch and you're yeah. watching Garfield and Friends, yeah. that's not so fancy. It's not bad. It's just not... I wouldn't define it yeah. as fancy. Thanks for clearing that up. I ask because, you know, I've seen them at the grocery store before, and I, I, I bought them and cooked them, and they were kind of expensive. What's the market rate for a scallop? I don't know. For one scallop. I, I just remember at Lucky's, I had some when there was a big sale on them. Uh, but they were normally pretty expensive. But you also see them at the Chinese buffet, just, you know... <laughs> chilling. <laughs> Just chill and you can have <laughs> eat a dozen of them pop in your mouth, you know? So it's like popcorn scallops. What's the deal? What's the deal? What are they? Maybe Jessica Adams can have that be part of her Wikipedia report <laughs> next week. What are scallops and we'll uh, what's the deal things. with the rockets? Let's see how long it takes to tie those things together. No matter how long her report needs to be in <laughs> yeah. order to tie a string of Wikipedia articles to get from rockets to scallops. We'll, Sounds great. We'll do it. Um, what are they? Right. Oh, you don't know, and that's why we need Jess to do this. Well, I mean, I thought you were, they're a creature of the sea. <laughs> Maybe. A chicken of the sea. I, yeah. I'm trying to think if I've intentionally ever eaten one. Hey. Oh, I forgot to Now, I like scalloped potatoes. Scalloped. So whatever a scallop does uh, happens to these potatoes. I suppose. Hey, can you turn, turn up my phone for a second? Sure. It's up. Here's who else was at the parade this year. Shannon from the Golden Girls, Rue McClanahan, country star Janie Fricky, the Cosby Show kids. Janie Fricky's from my dad's hometown. Yeah. From the Broadway Musical Theater, 1985 Tony winner, Big River, with Ron Richardson, Big River. Daniel Jenkins, Betty Buckley, the Roger Miller joint. George Rose star yeah. in the mystery of Edwin Drood. Wind of the Willows comes to life, a scene from the musical classic James at Sea, and Don Correa stars in Broadway Singing in the Rain. From St. Elsewhere, Stephen Burke. You know they have commentators, Court, you know, Willard Scott Alan and J- Smith, Katie Couric, you know, for the parade. Brian of course. We should be the people who commentate on the uh, star announcements. 
Yeah, talking over this yeah. is what people want to hear. I imagine, Jared, you've obviously put some work into uh, assembling this collage. You have this, no idea. Uh, this uh, wonderful string of... Crystal Gale, Rick Smith, Jimmy Abrex, Nell Carter, and Joey and Matthew Lawrence, Phyllis Diller, Sawyer Brown, Shirley Jones, uh, from the Broadway Musical Theater, the door. new hit musical, Me and My Girl, the Tony Award-winning musicals, What'd you say? Some, some, someone's walking by me. Someone's walking by you? Yeah. Someone just dropped oh, something on your front porch. I see them walking away. Yeah. They're a stranger. I don't know who that person is, but now they're like jogging a little bit. Oh. No, now they're walking again. Is it a time bomb? Oh my gosh. I'll tell you, from where I sit, <laughs> I can't see her very well, but she looks completely normal. She probably thinks... What, did, what, did, what, what does she think? Did she me? see you? She, I don't. I mean, I, I don't know about that. What'd she leave on the porch? A blue plastic bag. Oh, it's probably some kind of solicitation. With no, 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 it's like there's something inside of it. What? It's like tied with a little ribbon, a small ribbon, not like a decorative what? bow. Who is this lady? Where'd she come from? Where'd she go? I don't know. She's disappeared Mike. now. I can't see her, and she just she, walked down the street. I, there's no. She probably thinks I'm on a sting. <coughs> that like uh. I'm surveilling your house, you know, and I'm t using these wires to... <laughs> Wait, that doesn't make sense. You've, you've got my phone tapped, and these are the wires <laughs> going to my landline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, that compilation you've assembled, which I'm quite uh, interested in... Oh, don't worry. You'll get... We're not even a third of the way done. Some people, uh, when they need to unwind, they go out to uh, the salt cave... Sure. Or they go down to the sensory deprivation tank. Salt Cave City. And I am have a... There, it's easy for me to imagine a vivid scenario where you go out to a sensory deprivation tank and you're floating in the saline water at body temperature. That sounds great. No feelings in the world. And you've got those little... You're, you're completely nude. But you've got those little... Um, uh, s s uh, tanning bed sunglasses on your eyes so that you can't see anything. Uh huh. And you're just floating there, and you're having those and that string of announcements piped in uh, <laughs> on the speakers <laughs> in order to get you to exactly where you want to be. And I think that that's a beautiful thing, and I can see you doing that. You mean like this? And Mookie Wilson, Dottie West, Dick and Pat Van Patten, Amy Grant. Robert Farrell, The Four Tops, The Musical Review, Beehive, The Chipmunks, Robert Vaughn, Victor French, Barty and the Rockers, From Another World, Lawrence Lau, Ed Ryan. From Another World? Yeah, a space alien. Celeste Holm, John James, plus outstanding bands, hundreds of clowns, fabulous quotes. Hundreds of clowns. <laughs> How many years worth do you have assembled here, Jake? Um, up through the 90s. From this, from what? From the probably '79 through like '95, I'd wow, say. Wow. Okay. I don't know who this announcer is. They have her for a few years. One of these years, the uh, logo clearly says 62nd annual, but she says, "Welcome to the 47th animal <laughs> annual." Animal. <laughs> see, I messed it up. See, see, I shouldn't make fun of her. See how easy it is to say animal instead of annual. <laughs> All she did was get the number wrong. Oh, nice. Jared, I kind of want you to jump out of your car and go see what that package is. Oh, yeah, I can do that. Hold so on. The, lis the listener's got to be on the edge of their seat. There's I know a, I am. I'm, I'm guessing Jessica ordered something on or ordered something. But that lady was not in a vehicle. 
She was in some like scrubs, right? I could only see her sweater. She All had right. on a long cardigan. I'll be right back. Talk amongst yourself. Okay, so now I, I'm taking a risk here and looking into the sun, which, uh, yeah, actually got me pretty good. Whoops. Uh, Jared is exiting his vehicle. You can hear the ding. You can hear the dinger going. Uh, he's walking down the length of my porch. Uh, he's out of my sight now. He has procured the package. Rodetta, country music star Clint Black, Vince Bruce and the Big Apple Circus, Santa Barbara's Terry Lester, Sandra Ferguson and Charles Grant from Another World, Impressionist Fred Trevelyan. Okay, there, I'm back. What'd you find out? So I, I saw a tag and it said, um, to Jessica, thank you. Oh. I, 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 I peek inside and I see Jessica <laughs> is inside and she sees me. Busted. And so I can't go through her stuff. Yeah, you can't rifle through her things. Who knows what it could be? That's a federal crime. Uppers, downers. Yeah. Uh, it looked to be like a princess costume or something like that. So maybe Jessica bought herself a princess costume. I wonder who, besides me, would have an occasion right now to thank my wife for something. Well, it seemed like she made a purchase of whatever's inside. Oh, she bought something. That's well, what I'm saying. So yeah. it could be a Christmas gift for one of my children. That's, Yeah. Possibly. Okay. Well, I guess I'll find out later. I mean, you can bring Jess into your room right now and yeah. let her know what this mystery delivery was. I think she's putting the baby down for a nap. Okay. I think, anyway. Uh, anyway, the other guests on the Thanksgiving parade were... Alan Rachins, Don Lewis from a different world, Scott Bakula of Quantum Another Leap, from a the Radio world. City Music Hall. There were a couple Rocket, others while you were on the porch. Dixie Another Carter, world, a different Chelsea world. Chelsea Hertford, Robert Vaughn, and Telly Savalas. And from WNBC TV, Jane Hansen, Perry Feltz, and Katie Kelly. The cast of the new Broadway musical Mickey and St. Louis. This is reminding me of that Superstars. clip from the Mouth Dreams album. Hold on, Jess is here. Oh, great. Hey, Jared was, we saw a stranger drop a package on the porch. They probably thought I was. And then I gave Jared permission. In fact, I asked him to do it, to go take a peek at what it might be. And then he said that it had your name on it and that you busted him peeking at it. <laughs> so he stopped looking and did not figure out what it was. Is it something you can tell us about? Yes, I can. Um, hold on a second. I'm a little out of breath from walking in here from the next room. Um, well, let's blame COVID. We'll blame COVID for oh, that. No. Oh, okay. Shoot. I hope I don't have COVID. Anyway. No, not that you have COVID, but oh, that uh, me. we're all we're all feeling the not in shape. Anyway, so I was ordering some Christmas gifts for the kids, and a friend of mine mentioned that. The toy chest in Brown County, if you order on their website, that one of the options is a home delivery where they drop it off for you. So I ordered a little dress-up outfit and a little magic wand for Arrow for Christmas, and that's what they dropped off. My goodness, what a service. I know. Huh. Isn't it incredible? Like, I want to buy everything there. Just, yeah, wonderful. I'm sure Arrow's going to love it, but i got to hide it now. This sounds like a commercial almost, like a pl like we planned this. Oh, shoot. No, we didn't. But you should buy uh, toys and gifts from the toy chest in Brown County. Hey, Jess, Indiana, we can't do ads on the yeah, show. we can't do ads on the show. Jared's yelling at you, and you can't You're gonna hear get us. The FCC's going to show up at our door. Say, if you want to, but you don't have to. Okay. If you want to, but you don't have to. Thank you. Wow. Thanks for solving the mystery for us. 
Well, that solves that. Oh, can you turn the music back up, Mike? Oh, yeah. It's up, but I don't hear anything. Oh, my goodness. Well, I guess... Try try this. Try the phone. Nitty-gritty dirt There we go. America Sings and the new kids on the block. Scott Bakula, Quantum Leap, American Dreamer Robert Urich, singer Patti LaBelle, the stars of the new Broadway hits Buddy, The Buddy Holly Story, and OK, country singer Garth Brooks, and Miss America 1991. Garth Brooks is in there, like he's any other old person. Yeah, not the world's biggest superstar. Not the world's most gigantic superstar. Who would you most like? I wonder if Chris Gaines ever made it to the the parade. (laughs) He probably does the one in uh, Brisbane or Melbourne. Oh, that's true. Since he's Australian. Right. Uh, Have you ever been to the parade? Would you want to go? No. Neither? It's probably boring in person. Well, it's boring on TV. I'll tell you that. What's going on with this cord? I don't know, man. You broke it somehow. I I was gnawing on it, but... (laughs) Everything's a mess today, Jared. We're doing this in the uh, middle of the day. The cords don't work. You're in the v- car. It's freezing cold outside. I had a toothpick jammed up my nose this morning. I'm actually not too cranky about that. I just felt like a thing to add to the list <laughs> of grievances. Yeah. I got over that pretty quick. But it was remarkable how they manhandled me. Um, so, local news. I saw some local graffiti last week. Was it dog pee? I don't know if I can say that word on the radio. No, it was um, a. It was the. It was a bad slur that starts with an F. Oh. Uh. Anyway, it said Dirk is a this word. Oh no. D e r k, and then uh, someone covered up that F word slur with like a black uh, rectangle of spray paint. Uh huh. But then. When you see that, you can kind of guess that's what it says, you know? Oh, there's still enough clues to figure out the word? I just meant, you know, if someone's covering it up, you know. You can guess that it's something bad. Yeah. But then, a couple days later, someone else, I assume, realizes that that's the word that's in people's head when they see that. So they uh, take some yellow spray paint and over the black rectangle, write the word jerk. So now it says Dirk is a jerk. (laughs) Which is perfect, because then you, you it actually seems like what it should have been in the first place. Yeah, totally. But wait a minute. D-E-R-K? Yeah. Dirk. Yeah. Dirk is a jerk. So at first it was this three-letter, you know, s- slur. Well, bud, I think you're going to have to make some Dirk is a jerk t-shirts. <laughs> I, I think so. that's the only thing we can do. Anyway, I just thought it, it, all, it all turned out the best possible way. Because <laughs> if, if they hadn't fixed it and put it put in jerk... You know. Yeah. Uh, then it but, was but now that it says jerk, you just assume that's what it's always been. And it's and a it nice it's like, a nice little sing song sort of uh, And it's and it's not even that much it, it might not it doesn't even seem as malicious now. Yeah, or real. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. whose name is I mean I know some people named Dirk, but not spelled like that. How does, how do how, how do your friends name Dirk spell it? With an I. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, like uh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe that's what it was, and they just misspelled it too. Who knows? Yeah, some ignoramus could have been the one that initially in, initiated the graffiti. Right. You never know. Dirk is a jerk. I like that. Yeah, I'm for it. Well, Mike, does that do it for the show? No. 
No, but it, it's I time. Wish. It's time to play some music. Oh, good. What do you got? That sounds nice. I could. Go, I could go for some music right now. Yeah. Um. Here we have. It doesn't feel like Christmas without you by Stephanie Mills. I forgot we're allowed to do this on this show. This is good. It's a radio show. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here it is. We're back. It's hour number two of Unspoken Requests, episode number 74. It's a little after midnight. As you may know by now, we pre-record this <laughs> whenever we are whenever we feel led. A little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. I've got this damage in my brain uh, that anytime I... You played a string of Christmas songs there. Mm-hmm. And uh, anytime I listen to too much Christmas music, I just get <laughs> this endless loop in my brain of... Uh, a voice going, Christmas comes this time each year. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> I l- kind of love it. Uh, that's such a great line. Christmas comes this time each year. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> what a lyric. I just, I wish I could write like that. Yeah. I can't do it. But You're either too smart or too dumb. I know. I know. It's, it's a real trick. Or don't do enough drugs. That could be. Should we start trying drugs now that we're kind of holed up? We're safer, safer than ever in our own homes. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I have a doctor's appointment for these migraines. Yeah, ask the doctor. Coming up. Why do you think they call it a doctor's appointment? It's my appointment, too. You know it what I mean? should be a patient's appointment. I have a patient's appointment today. <laughs> That's what you should say. I guess the doctors in the olden days used to make house calls. Yeah. Speaking of the olden days, I've oh been. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> back when things were good. Oh dear. Uh, I've started reading nightly with my son uh, some Sherlock Holmes stories. Okay. And we started reading *A Study in Scarlet*, the first of the Sherlock Holmes mysteries. And we're about three quarters of the way through it right now, so I don't exactly know how it all ties together yet Mm -hmm. but you read half the book and it's a Sherlock Holmes story and then you jump in time and place from 221B Baker Street in London the home of Sherlock Holmes Sherlock's Sherlock Holmes's home and Watson's home Watson is the roommate of Sherlock Holmes so it's oh I didn't know they were roommates it's Sherlock Holmes's roommates Watson's home Mm mhm and you jump from there, in the middle of the book, you, Sherlock says, this is the murderer. And he's like, and I'll tell you how I know. And then the story jumps to Utah in the Old West and starts telling a different story in Utah huh. uh, where these, where Brigham Young and 10,000 Mormons saved this guy's life. And somehow this is going to get tied into whatever's happening in London at 221B Baker Street. But we haven't quite gotten to how it ties together yet. And I just didn't know, because we've watched all kinds of screen adaptations of Sherlock. My son really enjoys those. So that's why we decided to read the book. But I had no idea there was this American element to it. Yeah, me neither. It's pretty fascinating. And it's good. Like, reading it, actually, reading all the Utah stuff has 
it puts me in mind occasionally of The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, if you saw that movie. Have not seen it. Oh, man, it's so good. Well, maybe I'll watch it. I recommend it to you. We watched The Exorcist on Thanksgiving. Hmm. Yeah. I'd never seen the whole thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Zach and I saw it at the IU Cinema last year. Oh, okay. It's good. Scary? Fun? Yeah, it wasn't scary. Well. Not for a tough guy like me. Oh, my God. Okay. Watch so uh, what, what, The Exorcist. So when it comes to scary movies, watched. Jared, what scares you? What scares you in a scary oh, movie? Oh, man. I watched Happiest Christmas. When people when people say that, that movie's not scary, I feel the same way about, that's not spicy. That hot pepper's not spicy to me. It's like, it's, what? No, I, I, uh, that, I, that, just that particular movie. Maybe you just because found, I've you seen just found parodies it, of it. You just found it hilarious the whole time? Oh, it's sad that there's a demon possession. <laughs> but... I myself was not scared. I didn't have to sleep with the lights on that yeah. night. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's the last movie that scared me? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't partake in scary movies very often. We watched uh, that. We watched The Howling. Never seen that before. Oh, what's that one? It's a Joe Dante werewolf film from 1981. Oh. I, um picked up some movies from uh, uh, carry out movies from <laughs> Vulture Video. Um, Boy, while we're here talking about local stuff, the Vulture Video show. What's it called? Vulture Video. VVTV. Yeah. The Vulture Video TV show. Best new show of 2020. Man, I can't recommend it enough. Especially for you local video heads. Yeah. And if you just like to hear about things, I, I get introduced to new things. Or just local people who, like, you know, Sometimes we'll show clips from the Bloomington Fourth of July parade yeah. from 25 years ago. You yeah, know? totally. Uh, it's to me, it's a it's a human interest show. Sure. Uh, and I feel like every time I watch, Dave introduces me to something new and interesting that I want to know more about. Uh, most recently, when he was going over the um, oh shoot, now I'm not going to come up with the name the the monster books. Uh, oh yeah. I I actually found someone had digitized all those monster books on archive.org and they're like these beautiful scans of every book and I went through and looked at a bunch of them and they're just beautiful. What are those called? I can't think of the name now that Dave presented those on the show recently. But Yeah, I forget the name too. I just realized that uh, maybe it was already like this I just didn't notice it that you can watch all the old episodes oh, yeah. on the Instagram page Yeah, and if you just click, click the button in the middle. Is the handle just Vulture Video? Mm-hmm, I think so. And Dave's been on the show, so if you remember Dave from on this show, and if you like what we're doing at all, I think you would v- be very interested in watching VVTV on the Vulture Video Instagram account. Is it a weekly show? I think it's a weekly yeah. show. He's every up to like 35 or 40 episodes. Live on Instagram every Sunday night. And it's just wonderful. Yeah. Just fantastic well, We're so. going to have him back on the show here uh, one of these days. Yeah, soon. as soon as we can. He's got some stories to tell, I think. Yeah. He has a new album out, too. I just on my own Instagram. Let's talk about let's talk about what we do on our social media on this radio show. <laughs> okay, but I just posted today that that uh, Walter sings the big ones was my album of the year. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a new version of it out with an extra bonus track. Is that right? A Black Friday exclusive. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Yeah, what's the bonus track? I don't know. Well, shoot, I might have to get my hands on one of those. Yeah. Um, it's uh, sunny out today. 
Deceptively yeah. sunny. I keep getting blasted in my eyeballs. Yeah. But it sure is cold. I'm curious to see if the... I'm going to see the optometrist. I don't know if that's... I need to do that anyway. You're going to see the optometrist? <sighs> I hope. Uh... I'm going to bring up the migraine situation. I've spoken to a physician before about the migraines. Why does he care about your high school band? What? The migraine situation. <laughs> Just kidding. I used to go to Fort Wayne to see this band the called migraine. The, the Migraines. there was a band yeah. called The Migraines, yeah. Eddie Migraine there was you go. that guy. Uh, I saw them cover Hungry Like the Wolf one time when they opened for the Huntingtons. Wow. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, I hope the optometrist can help me figure this thing out because I got a real problem going. I've heard from multiple people that their migraines are worse. Have increased? Yeah, maybe because of stress, but also um, because of less water intake. If you're used to drinking water all the live long day and your mask prohibits you from doing that at your job as frequently as you normally would. I don't feel particular, particularly in either of those situations. Uh, though, stress for me can be mysterious occasionally. Sometimes I don't always feel what's pressing down on me. Um, so that could be a factor. In terms of water, I think I'm getting the same amount or more as I always do. Because I can take my mask off at work. In my office, if I need to. I have the luxury. Um... But I get this. I get these weird vision disruptions, you know. I, my, I can't read or look at people's faces. I get these sort of like that's no good dancing electrical creases in my field of vision. Oh man, no you joke. See a doctor. It's scary, man. It's yeah. weird. And yeah, I, we were watching TV the other night. Jess and I had gone through the whole day. Fine, great, everything's good. We sat down to watch TV at like ten. And all of a sudden, I couldn't see the faces of the people on the television. Oh, man. And it was just like, And you're in oh, pain no. also? No. Luckily, that's like a precursor to the pain always. The dancing electricity, like the weird creases that then lead to the blind spots, are a forebear to the pain. Well, the, the cure for pain is in the pain. Well, that's good. That's where I head. So actually, I went straight to bed and just tried to sleep through it, which I did, but... So I wasn't bothered by the... Most intense migraine pain. This is two days ago, three days ago. Uh, but I was hungover the next day. I get these. I have these migraine hangovers, where the the intensity of the pain subsides, but there's this lingering like residual thing where if I catch a bright light, or if I bend down to pick something up, or if I clear my throat, I get this like stab of pain. It's awful. So I eat a lot of ibuprofen, I get rest, and I wear my sunglasses around in weird ways that are not normal. Just like Jim Jones. <laughs> That's right. If they get bad enough, I'll drink. I'll take a drink. To, just to end the misery. Oh, boy. Bleak stuff, man. I, uh, but tom I'm, tomorrow's my appointment, though. I'm a little bit like... I thought you said it was today. Oh, I told you it was today because I thought it was today. Oh, okay. And it wasn't until uh, <laughs> earlier today that I realized that it's tomorrow. Um, I, Which was actually like a week ago by now, listener. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm a little nervous to go to the doc. Do you have a doctor? I had one, but then she moved away, so I don't think I have one right now. Yeah, I don't. 
And I think our optometrist retired, so I might be seeing a stranger tomorrow. I also haven't done... I mean, I know I'm going to the doctor's office, but I haven't done anything like that during this pandemic. pandemic. I'm sure it'll be safe, but someone's going to be looking in my eyeballs. I don't know where they've been. They don't know where I've been. Yeah, I had to go to the dentist. Oh, yeah. You did, and it was, you successfully went to the dentist. It was, yeah, I mean, I didn't catch the novel coronavirus. That's they good. had shower curtains up between all the seats, you know, oh, the, wow, yeah. the operating tables. And the dentist had a face mask and a face shield. Yeah. And I, I would not let them take my mask off during the <laughs> dental appointment. They just had to kind of feel <laughs> around in there through the cloth and be like, oh, yep, well, yep, they're all, all the teeth are there. I don't feel any cavities all the while, through the mask. All the while, you've got that... Uh, list of parade attendees just cranked. <laughs> well, yeah, it was not on purpose. It was like in my pocket and like I accidentally hit the play button, but I'm not, you know, I can't dig in my pocket yeah. while they're, yeah. <laughs> I guess my kids have gone to the dentist it, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And that was fine. Oh, you know who else was in that parade? Tell me, please. Fred Travelina. Fred Travelina, the, the Joker. And the giant Bart Simpson balloon. Broadway star Judy Kaye, country singer Patty Loveless, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles band, The Boys, the cast of Nonsense, the radio I thought music Cesar Romero Rocket, was the Joker. Yep, Fred Trevelina. Joker is me. The Moscow Circus, Dirk Valentine, Bugs Bunny, Bart Simpson, Babar, and in his first flight... I like that string right there. <laughs> All that alliteration. Country singer Aaron Pippen. Uh, listen for when Don Pardo says Robot Man. <laughs> That's coming up. People don't name their kids Peebo anymore. Yeah, you don't meet a lot of Peebos. Bryson, though, you might find one of those. Oh, yeah. McBride and the Ride, Rich Little, Joanne Worley, and Ruth Fuzzy from NBC's Laugh-In Christmas Special. I thought you said Don Pardo was coming back up. He's coming. How long are we waiting here? We'll be there. Jonathan Brandis, star of NBC's Sequest, DSV. Sequest, DSV. Remember Sequest? Well, I remember Jonathan Brandis. We all should. Miss America 1994, Kimberly Aiken. Wait, who's that? Michael Landon Jr. He's the guy from Sequest. He's deceased. Return. Laugh Riot, Elaine Boozler. Laugh Riot. People don't describe people as Laugh Riot when they announce them for the parades anymore, do they? Well, riots have a different connotation now. Yeah, I guess so. They're not funny. It's like Laugh, laugh, laugh Yoga. <laughs> I guess we have kind of become the commentary guys of this. I yeah, like it. This is that's good. what I'm saying. This is a good gig. Here's Don Pardo. He just said country singer, country, country singer Betsy. I don't remember Betsy. Just Betsy. From television. <laughs> I'm glad you were able to find such high quality streams of this stuff. I put it, you know, I, I cleaned it up a bunch. Oh, good, the Rockettes. The Rockettes, yeah. Parachute balloons, including Snoopy, Arfield, Iron Man, and the debut of the all-new and 
film star comedian. <laughs> yeah. Late night host Conan O'Brien and diet and fitness guru Richard Simmons. Andy Garcia. Whatever happened to Richard Simmons? I know there was some. Yeah. Stuff going on a few years ago. Someone made that horrible, intrusive podcast about him. Right. I haven't heard anything recently. Harry Lewis and the cast of Sesame Street. Music and dance artists. The legendary Stevie Wonder. Recording superstar John Sakata. All for one. Country music sensation Shania Twain. From NBC's In the House, LL Cool J. Brandy. <laughs> Rosemary Clooney. The Boys Choir of Harlem. How long is this list, this uh, compilation you made your, like, just in terms of length? Oh, uh, total? Yeah. 18 minutes. Oh, that's not as long as I thought it'd be. Just a few minutes left. Timothy Gibbs, Diego Serrano, Soap Stars, Frank DeCopolis, Ron Raines, Robert S. Woods. What if he was like, Soap Stars, and listed all those and then said, Mr. Clean? <laughs> to succeed in business without really trying. Smokey Joe's Cafe and the Radio City Rockettes. Old standby. Rockettes. The debut of Dudley the Dragon, Evan Bear, and Sky Dancer, plus heavyweight champion Riddick Bowe and Miss America 1996, Chantel Smith, Sarah Jessica Parker, I think I was starting to say this earlier, but uh, we got interrupted. But uh, this is reminding me a lot of that track from the new Mouth Dreams album. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's got the movie trailer voice all chuffed up, listing all the names of the stars who were in The Outsiders. There are so many added that are not in there. Uh, it's just perfect. I love it. Speaking of John Larroquette, I was trying to watch uh, Night Court recently and couldn't find it streaming anywhere. Not even on Hulu? Is it on Hulu? That's what I thought. Maybe it's uh, been added since I looked. Okay. Captain Ince Neal in the 90s. That's what people want. Yeah. Muskrat Love. From NBC's news radio, Vicki Lewis. Saturday Night Live. Would you rather listen to Don Pardo or Alan Coulter all day long? From late night, Andy I don't know, maybe Alan Coulter. Yeah, me too. Although, I, the reason I thought of that question is because I was sitting here thinking, this is kind of silly what we're doing right here, but I actually could listen to Don Pardo all day. Yeah, but then I thought, oh, but I might rather want to listen to Alan Coulter all day. Is he still with us? Good question. I'm not sure. I'll uh, look it up. Thank you. Broadway star Liz Calloway, Garfield, and the debut of Alan Coulter is still with us. Oh, good. Yeah. I think the difference is that Alan Coulter got to be funny sometimes, where Pardo had to play it straight. Oh, yeah. At least for my money, that's what I prefer. Some humor. It's probably what people who listen to this show prefer too, but we are not giving them that. 
Smith, the new Adams family. The Douglas new Adams family. Rachel York. I'm, I'm impressed by the number of times that Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop yeah. have appeared in this thing. And he gets her gun. Look loose. They were really on top of the world for a while. Oh my God! Recording stars in sync: Monica, 98 degrees, Jody Messina, and Kevin Sharp. He really leaned into that Jody there and didn't enunciate Joe D. Oh yeah. The Tom's River East Little League World Champion. So that's who was uh, at the parade this year. My goodness. Yeah. Hey, let's get a guest on the line. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Hello, you're on Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. Hold on. Hey, 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 hey. There he is. Okay, okay. All right, now we're talking. Can you hear me now? I can, yeah. Oh, good. That was, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, oh Chris Schlarb. Wow. That was that was a pretty great inter- introduction. Thanks. Um, Grand. Can you hear Mike? Hi, Chris. I, I can. Hey, Mike. Uh, welcome to Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike, episode number seventy-four. How's wow. going? Pretty, pretty good. I got two two masks on just in case. Good. There's two of us. So that works out. Yeah. Yeah. I heard. I, I heard. You, I heard you could get it even just from talking to somebody on the phone. So digitally, yeah. it sounds crazy, but it's it's true. Um, I am in uh, my car outside of Mike's house with like five cords dangling from his window into my car window <laughs> and that's how we're recording it that is true so, someone just made a, a delivery to his front door and i think they were really confused surprised when they yeah. looked over and saw some weirdo talking to a mic with all these cords coming out of his window with the yeah all right i'm gonna take the masks off just because that that was a you know you, that gag only works once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that sounds okay, way well, better. I hope I don't get it now, but you know if I do, we'll know why. Yeah. Yeah. Um. How 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 are how are things looking in your your county out there in California? Um. You know. Uh. I mean, probably not great. Yeah. But. Um. You know, we're doing the the remote learning for for my youngest daughter, okay. And my wife and the baby uh, are, you know, the, and and Isabella are all just staying home, and I just go to the studio every day and come back. So it's yeah. like we we're we're like our own little satellite out here in Long Beach. But um, the irony is that you know, in a way, it's not that different from how it was like a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, mostly I just go, you know, from the, from the house to the studio and back. Um, we just can't do, you know, normal stuff like visit our family or like go to a movie or take a break, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, cause you're supposed to, you know, supposed to be responsible and think of others. So exactly, yeah. it's ha- not that hard to do. To, have you had to implement any kind of, uh, or maybe what measures have you taken at the studio to? to keep yourself safe and other people safe when they come out to work. Yeah. We're, you know, we're trying to do like, we, we actually had like a small, like choir, which it was like kind of tricky. And we, we ended up breaking the choir. We're talking about like a seven piece choir. Yeah. So we broke, broke them up into two parts and recorded them like spread apart and with masks on. Wow. So it's like, I don't know if it's basically like a low pass filter. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's like 
you're like, you know, people have masks on when they're singing and you're using a ribbon mic. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, doing a little boosting of the, of the high end <laughs> EQ. Uh, <laughs> so it doesn't sound like people are like, you know, it's like pillow talk or something. But, yeah. I, uh, I was listening to an interview with a, with an artist recently and he was saying he recorded about half of his new record with a mask on. I mean, it's funny. You don't have to use a de-esser afterward. That's yeah, for sure. Right. Was it Slipknot? <laughs> it was not Slipknot. <laughs> uh, we should say uh, Chris, Chris has a, uh, a really great uh, recording studio out there called Big Ego. And he's a music- musician himself. The listener probably already knows this, but just in case they don't. That's I mean, why he's talking about this music. I hope my mom's listening. Studio. I don't think she knows it yet. <laughs> <laughs> One time I, I, I had an interview in the LA Times and it was about like one of the Psychic Temple records. And my mom, it was about, you know, me like producing and being a songwriter and, you know, making my own records. And she, <laughs> she sent me a, she sent me a text that said, I always knew you had a good ear as an engineer. Oh. Which I thought missed the point of the whole article <laughs> completely. Right. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you know what? It's no different from anybody else who just doesn't even understand what, like, what does a producer do? Or, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. uh, I, I'm all, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to bristle at that for the rest of my <laughs> life, I'm sure. Or put it on my tombstone. It's like, he was a producer. Asterisk. Here's what a producer yeah, does. Here's what that means. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna need a big tombstone. It is a mysterious but. thing. I think even for people involved in music, that can be a mysterious job. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I produced a record one time for somebody, and they sent me the credits, and uh, they had they listed themselves as the producer. Oh. Or a co-producer, and I said, "Hey, listen." Uh. <laughs> at the very least maybe give me the uh, the first production credit or maybe you, i suppose could take the second one or you they know, could like, be an ex- executive producer or something <laughs> i know i know if it makes you feel good um yeah so that was you know do you have I, a yeah. uh, do you have a sort of elevator pitch is not the word but for lack of a better word elevator pitch for when you're talking to a new client who wants to hire you and work with you and maybe doesn't quite grasp what you're about to offer as a service. Do you have a way of sort of laying out like the roles or the boundaries that you expect? How, how does that work when you're starting yeah, to work with someone? I, I do. I do now. And usually that, that <laughs> it, it, it is kind of a little bit of an elevator pitch in a, in a way, not, not in the sales, yeah. uh, uh, salesy kind of way you might think, but usually I actually nowadays, if it's if it's a new client or somebody that I you know maybe I check out they they send an email or they get in touch or call me, and I don't have any like firsthand you know um, or even secondhand like <laughs> yeah. co- contact or, or reference for them, I'll, I'll kind of usually start out by saying like, he, you know here's the studio, here's you know we have a couple of engineers you can choose from to hire. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. I don't even offer myself to produce the record. Um, and it, it's more of, along the lines of like, you know, here's, here's what you can, here's what you can do. Here's what people have done at the studio. 
And then sometimes if they hear a record and they're like, they're like, wow, that sounds great. And usually that's because like I produced it <laughs> and, and, and then I say, okay, well, here are the circumstances with this record and here's about how much it cost. And here are the musicians that we brought in and here's what that process is like. You don't have to do that. If you just want to come in and record yourself or have an engineer record you, you also don't need me to do that. Yeah. You know, so ironically, you know, one of the laws of human behavior is people chase that which moves away. So <laughs> it, it's hilarious how, you know, in the beginning I was like, oh, I just got to work on everything. You know, I got to any job. I got to take it, you know, and for about 20 years I did. <laughs> and then as soon as. I opened the studio and I started making records all the time. I was like, oh, like, I, I almost don't even have time to take all this work. Yeah. And so someone comes along and is like, hey, I have an idea. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I mean, we can help facilitate it, but like, I don't have to work on it. And then almost as soon as I say that, they're like, no, 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 I, I want you to work on it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, God, this is like an old, like, Garrison Keillor short story or something, you know? <laughs> All inverted but, <laughs> backwards. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> so, yeah, the, 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 the way that I get hired to produce records now is that I just uh, tell them that I'm not producing it. <laughs> and then they're like, no, no, yeah, yes, you are producing it. And I go, okay, great. Well, my plan, my master plan. Yeah, and then you start out. rubbing your hands together. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Here's the contract. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, here's a question I have for you in regards to production. Uh, I've never worked with you, so I wonder, from your own perspective of yourself, what kind of producer do you think you are, and what kind of artist do you prefer to work with, or do you have a mode that feels the best in terms of someone who comes in and they're like, hey, I need you to guide me through this and make a bunch of decisions for me, or someone that's more like, hey, I have this vision and I'm strong-willed about it, and I want you to wrestle me into getting it there. I, I like working with both of those types of artists. It, I think in the same way that I like working on lots of different types of music, you know, I've done yeah, like sure. country records and big band records and synth pop records. I'm working on two great synth pop records right now. And, and I'm, today's like my ninth day of finishing up mixing a musical that, I, that I've been working on oh, whoa, with cool. my friend Ashley for like two years. And that stuff is like super, you know, it's like 60 minutes of music with like a seven or eight piece ensemble. We recorded it all at like East West out in Hollywood and just incredible players and like really beautiful um, stuff. And then I've done records with like, you know, two, two mics <laughs> that yeah. are like really grungy sounding and um. I, I love working on lots of different types of things and I love different types of personalities. And sometimes, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I guess the way that I think about it the most is like a, a fighter, a boxer. It's like, I'm a really, as a producer or an artist, I'm a really strong counterpuncher. Um, so sometimes that means that like you need, you know, somebody to lead usually the artist you would hope yeah, <laughs> like right. get, kind of give me something to work with or right it's like um and, and sometimes those those types of artists um they end up being like 
you know, maybe sometimes those are like big headache records because I don't actually really don't charge that much to produce. <laughs> and, and sometimes they, they, these records have to be done on a really tight schedule yeah. to even make them financially like feasible, you know, some, I, I don't have like the time and nobody has really the budget to like work on a record for like two months every day. You know, um, the way that I usually make records is, okay, we'll do some pre-production. We'll figure out what songs we're going to do. Then we, you know, then I'll contact the musicians and put the band together. I'll send them demos, send them charts. And then we've got like, you know, depending on how many records are on or uh, how many songs are on the record, we've got like two, three, four days to record. And I've got like three or four days to mix. Yeah. So you're talking like maybe 10 days total and i don't charge for pre-production so right. <laughs> you know some, <laughs> so, some some artists may demand two or three or four days just for that a couple of meetings a bunch of phone calls tons of emails you know um and then when it comes time to actually like recording the songs i mean sometimes we're trying to do three or four songs in a day for a rhythm section bass, drums, guitar, piano, whatever else there may be. Yeah. And then depending on the type of the style of the record or the capability of the songwriter, maybe they'll try to cut their vocals live. Maybe they need to do their vocals as an overdub. Maybe they need a bunch of overdubs and some editing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there, there's all these like variations. So, um, you know, it's like I, I made this great big band record uh, with David Tranquina that we, we put out on, on Big Ego um, on vinyl called The Ogre. And that was like 13 people, I think, wow. in the live room. And so like, you know, brass, reeds, drums, uh, guitar. And then Dave was in the ISO booth playing double bass. We recorded that whole record in a day. Wow. And, yeah. and then I mixed it in a day. Cool. So, you know, that was maybe like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it was an insane amount of work, but it it was like a, I always think of it's like a big bang type of situation, right? It's like, boom! It's just there. Yeah, that's like you're fun, just trying man. to you're just trying to capture it all, and it's insanely stressful in the moment. <laughs> but then, like you look back and you're like, wow! I was just like going off of like adrenaline and fear, <laughs> and and a little bit of technique, hopefully, you know. Um, and then the next thing you know, like you've got a, this huge, amazing sounding record and it's done. And then uh, on the on the other hand, maybe you've got a record that kind of starts to develop slowly as the artist themselves figures out that you know what they want to do or how they want things to sound. Sometimes you make a record really quick with an artist and it all comes together immediately and it sounds great. And then like, a few months later, the artist is like, yeah, no, I, I wasn't, you know, I don't know how I feel about it now. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's, it's already done, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so it's it's so fascinating that the psychology of, of production um, is just like endlessly fascinating. And so for me, I love working with lots of different types of personalities and characters. And some folks are like really easy to work with artists um, or, or session musicians. Well, that's really some fascinating them, to hear because, and I think it's a good segue to talk about the new Psychic Temple record, which is four sides of four pretty distinct ideas and almost personalities coming out of you. Yeah. Well, that was, you know, it was kind of like, I felt like with making Psychic Temple three and four, 
I kind of did, you know, like with with three, I like went to fame and I recorded with like some of the some of the Swampers, and then I did I did most of that record here in 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 Long Beach in L.A. Um, and it had a real, I don't know, it just it, that was a really important record for me because it was like the first record I sang lead vocals on, and I. I couldn't like hide behind like <laughs> Psychic Temple 2 had like Sufjan singing and David Stiff and Aaron Roche and all these great, you know, Nadel Teresi, all these great vocalists that I could sort of like push them to the foreground and say like, don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah. And with three, I had to kind of come forward and there was a lot of fear in that, but then also a certain amount of like joy and beauty of like, oh, this is mine. Like, this is my music and I'm finally taking ownership full ownership of it and then with four it almost went to this like hilarious like you know beach boys like you know like pet sounds you kind of like beautiful like horns and kind of lush arrangements of very like wrecking crew vibe and and i kind of felt like well after that yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know what i mean yeah, I was where like, to? Well, yeah yeah what do i do now and the idea of like essentially what i looked at it as like a and we even wrote this wrote this on the back of the record. It's like a, a a double album band takeover fever dream. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I I love that idea. It was like a, when you're a kid, like you read Marvel comics, like Marvel team up or <laughs> what if or whatever. Yeah, you know, what what I mean? like, like a DC Marvel mashup series. Yeah, or like, or like when that. Urkel fell through the ceiling of Step by Step. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. That's it. You know, it's like it's a crossover vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 those those things were always the coolest to me because it seemed like people kind of got out of their bubble a little bit, out of their element. And for me to do that with Houses of the Holy um, and kind of like you know collaborate with like Cherry Glazer and Dream Syndicate and Chicago Underground and Cholo and Cinco, it was like okay. I'm really comfortable moving between all of these different worlds. Um, and then I can make each one of these sides of the record distinct, but then also I can carry this through line across an entire double album where you're, you're starting off with the more maybe like almost, you know, garage rock, you know, folk country kind of thing with Cherry Glazer, which I think was a, cool stretch for them yeah. also um and then by the end you're doing the cholo and cinco stuff which is like an orchestra and a gospel choir and rapping <laughs> <laughs> and and to me like there's a ton of like you know of through lines um i mean Tabor allen is still playing drums on both of those sides yeah you know uh, so you got the same drummer um you know i'm still writing the music um and and in between you've got like you know jeff parker playing on he plays on you know the chicago underground side and the cholo and cinco side and you just got all these really cool like i don't know just the whole thing felt like what well, this is what record making is supposed to be it should for me it should be exciting and a little like scary yeah, and risk-taking combinations and just kind of seeing what bubbles up once you put these elements together i think it's super cool man yeah i mean what's the point of doing any art if you know everything <laughs> that, like <laughs> right. I, I this is one of the things that kind of drives me crazy about it kind of like modern music culture where it's just like look at this technique 
and it's and it's distilled in like 30 seconds or 60 seconds and it's kind of like i only need like five seconds and i know what's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> like well what is the i mean technique for its own sake is is you know there's it has no longevity it doesn't speak to me on an emotional level yeah. you know mm-hmm. like well, one of my good friends mick rossi plays in the philip glass ensemble and has for years and i mean you're talking about a guy who's just an absolute virtuoso musician like pianist and percussionist and he's you know being able to play music with him a bit over the years it was always so inspiring because i was like this guy could literally play anything and he's playing in like you know arguably one of the great modern classical music you know ensembles and yet he's like, hey, what's going on with Psychic Temple? Like, when can we do a session? And I put him on, like, Wurlitzer, and he just will bust out, like, the most out-burning, <laughs> all, like, R&B, <laughs> like, you know, solo. And it's just kind of like the same cat. Like, for him, it's all music, you know? And it's it's not technique for its own sake. It's like you develop your technique to be able to to speak in the moment, about something real yeah like what's and the music for you know what is it for I, I i've asked this question for 20 years where sometimes i hear music and i just say nobody asked why <laughs> <laughs> nobody asked why why should we even make this what is this even trying to accomplish you know and uh you know at, at this point um i i don't really i don't worry so much about other people's intention with music or art i'm uh, thankfully i've just worked myself up to be so busy that i i feel like i'm just having to ask myself that question or artists i'm working with all the time and to me that's really gratifying because i'm not complaining about it i'm just i'm doing the work to change it myself yeah i think there's also something to that end to be said to like having to ask yourself that question in the midst of this larger machine like, because I think it's a little bit che- cheating, maybe, but like easier to be the only. Pr- I mean, this is how I do things. It's like I'm the only person doing the from start to finish, making the record. I'm making the choices. The integrity is mine. The cheat, the cheats and cut corners are mine, and I know why I'm doing <laughs> it. But when you're when you're, and I think this goes for any day job. It's like you have to figure out how to inject integrity into the. Th- aspect that you're in charge of or that anything that you have control over and i think there's some real value in that especially when it comes to making music yeah and if you don't if you if if you just do it as a hobby and you don't care about those bigger questions that's fine too you know um but i think that for me what goes hand in glove with that is then don't don't try to make me listen to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause there, there's a lot of people that they just do. They're like, Oh yeah. Like this is my hobby. Um, like, you know, like there's like, there's, there's a whole world full of people that are like better, you know, get, like sight readers on guitar than I am. And for, for them, um, a really like, uh, gratifying experience is to just sit down with a chart and like, you know, play through like a Bach, you know, yeah. you know, fugue or chorale or something. And, and it's just for them. And that's fine. Um, there's like nothing wrong with sort of like, 
you know, it's the, in a way it's the equivalent. It's like a more highbrow equivalent of like a bar band, like going out and playing cover, cover songs, right? Like I don't have any interest in that personally. I, I feel like that stuff's been done. I get that it's fun. Um, but I, the, the way that I have fun with music or art is trying to create something new that engenders that same feeling of wonder rather than, you know, saying like, oh yeah, like, you know, Van Halen, let's play Van Halen. And it's like, <laughs> well, you'll never do it as well. Like I, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah. But like, isn't that, to me, that's the same question. Like if you say, if you say why, what's this music for? And it's like, oh, this music for me is therapeutic and it feels good right. and I'm just going to do it because I need to do this in my life. Yep. That's to me as valuable as making a new sound that no one's ever heard before, you know? But totally. I, do, I do agree yes. that personally it's like you should do that uh in your in your in your closet <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it's true. It's like it, pe- different people are are essentially the therapy for me, the therapeutic element for me is like helping to realize something, you know, something new that didn't exist before, you know, that, that, that like almost biblical idea of like be and all became, you know, it's like sing a new song. Like I, I, I took a lot of these things to heart, you know, I was like one of the reasons I love like, you know, improvisational or free jazz is because at its heart, at its core, it's like, there's this really beautiful spiritual desire to create something in the moment that never existed or like purely expressive that's totally it's not it's not hinged on the framework or the rules it's just trying to get something out of you with the tool that you have (laughs) which i yeah i I love that yeah of of course the rub there is that over time it becomes codified and then people just jump into a kind of like karaoke version of like Albert Eiler or Coltrane or Pharaoh Saunders or whatever. And it's like, Oh yeah, look at me. I'm, I'm doing the free jazz thing. And it's kind <laughs> of like my, you know, I've always had this idea that like in some ways, like if, if it were truly free, like a polka would break out in the middle of it because, <laughs> right. because like sometimes that happens, you know what I mean? And it, but it, it, in, in, in some ways with some people, it's actually not free. It's just a kind of, um, it's just a, uh, theatrical experience um rather than like a personal uh or a spiritual one you know man so, uh, yesterday i was at work at my job and cruising around on youtube looking for some background music to put on or just something to listen to while i was working and i stumbled upon the outtakes from the beatles anthology interviews <laughs> oh interesting <laughs> and there was this hilarious i mean i was laughing out loud in my office alone uh <laughs> There was this footage of Paul, George, and Ringo sitting at on on this bl- like picnic blanket. Ringo's drumming intently on his thighs, and uh, Paul and George are playing ukuleles and just playing. So I can't remember. It was a song I recognized, but I can't remember now what it was. But just some old rock song, you know, rock and roll. Yeah. And it's the most soulless, joyless thing. You can just see them <laughs> that they're like, "Well, we're the Beatles, hanging uh, out here and right. trying to conjure up some magic." But it was just, and you know, it was just like the 1990s and they all look rough and, and the aesthetic of everything <laughs> is rough anyway, even like the professional aesthetic is rough. And it was like, man, this is such a telling, 
I don't know, telling moment to me that I think is actually valuable to have captured because it sucked so bad. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like, these are the Beatles, you know? It's like, yeah, right. If, if these guys can't just whip it up whenever, it, take, I mean, it God, takes some effort, you know? They did, does, make does their, not, they did make their two best songs in the 90s, though. I agree with that, but... Kid, the, what, you're talking about Free as a Bird? And Real Love. Yeah, I love Jeff it. Lynn, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you maniacs. Uh, why, why, must you, why must you try to set a fire to this conversation? <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. One, one time uh, I was doing a session with Devin Hoff, a brilliant uh, bass player, um, and he was like, oh, yeah, I was on tour years ago, and I'm like in this, like, you know, airport bar, and this like crazy scruffy guy next to me just keeps ordering drink after drink after drink. <laughs> and I look over and I realize that's Jeff Lynn. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't even remember like where it was, but I remember like, you know, it's like, I don't know, like Czechoslovakia or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you know, <laughs> e Eastern Europe or something. And uh, there's like Devin Hoff and Jeff Lynn sitting at the bar together. Wow. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, look, I, I love Jeff Lynn. Um, especially as like a producer um you know th there are some people i think of like you know lynn and like trevor horn um uh todd rungren who could who were just so maniacal at getting to the heart of like what a a pop rock production is and or could be yeah you know like i i just i'm totally fascinated by that kind of devotion to uh, sometimes slavish devotion to that craft yeah. because it's really hard to do. Like that's the funny thing is like in a way, you know, I, I kind of like came of age playing more avant-garde experimental music. And then when I kind of started, I think at one year, my, my family and I, we just did like a Christmas album and we did like tunes from the white album. Like all my kids each picked a song. My wife picked a song. I picked one. And then I had to like go through and like learn these tunes and kind of, put a phony production together yeah. behind them and i was like dude this is hard man like that you know you start to learn about like what the backing vocals are doing or how much or how little so maybe the the chord harmony <laughs> is bringing to the table yeah. and you're just like oh like take fleetwood mac right like almost all of like lindsey buckingham songs are there's like no extensions on any of the chords like ever um all the extensions are coming from the vocal harmonies. And that's a fascinating thing oh, to, yeah. to realize because you listen to that stuff and you're like, God, this is so rich. But that richness is not coming from like the guitar or like the, the keys. It's almost always coming from the backing vocals, which are throwing in like major nines or major sevens or minor nines, like, or weird, like augmented things or, there's all kinds of cool stuff happening, but it's not happening perhaps in the way that you thought it was. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, and when you start digging into to, to song production, that was like a really like powerful moment for me where I was like, oh God, like this is actually a lot more difficult than you think. You know, you just, you hear a song on the radio and you're like, ah, I hate this, you know, like <laughs> the real stuff is this stuff. You know what I yeah. mean? And then you go back to like learn it. And you're like, damn, this is this is really tricky. You know, like there's some really clever stuff happening here. Becoming a Jeff Lynne worshiper as an adult was a big eye-opening thing for me. 
Uh, because, I, you know, I was that way, where it's like, oh, classic rock radio. Okay, don't bring me down. No thanks. Right. Uh, but then once I just, I don't know, critically listened to Jeff Lynne as an adult, it changed the way I think about music. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, he, what, he did Full Moon Fever, right? Yeah. Uh, Tom Petty. Yeah. And then he also did the Traveling Wilburys yep. uh, stuff. I mean, it, it's fascinating when you listen to ELO in the 70s and realize that essentially everything that he was going for was like aping the Beatles, but just like times a million, right? right? Yeah, totally. And then, and then he manifests himself as the producer of the remaining Beatles like 30 <laughs> years later. It's unbelievable, you know? Yeah, it truly <laughs> like, is. What a maniac. Yeah. He's like the Jack Parsons of like pop rock production. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's that's deep deep cut right there. Yeah, if anybody good. knows about Jet Jack Parsons, JPL. Anyway, <laughs> Jared, I don't even know if you guys know who, what the hell I'm talking about. But, uh, I don't think I do. Okay, Jet Propulsion Laboratories. Yeah, they're in mm-hmm. like Pasadena. Rocket Fuel. It was started by this guy Jack Parsons, um, and some people say it was Jack Parsons Laboratories. Oh, funny. He's He's like a, you know, like making, you know, he's like a rocket fuel engineer, but then also like an acolyte of Aleister Crowley and, uh, and L. Ron Hubbard, a friend of L. Ron Hubbard who started Scientology, yeah, pre- sure. sci- pre-Scientology, uh, 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 Hubbard <laughs> tells Jack Parsons, listen, I got, I have this whole fleet of boats on the East Coast. I'm going to make us a ton of money. I'm going to go pick them up. All I need is your boat to go do it and your wife and <laughs> and he just never comes back oh my he, gosh uh, he takes off so then parson says no problem didn't really love her anyway i saw this picture of a woman i'm gonna conjure her and he <laughs> 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 and he does he does and then uh you know uh all hell breaks loose eventually um he blows himself up. He blows his his arms off. Oh my in, gosh! In a, yeah, it, in Pasadena. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to be digging Je- into this. Je- Jeff Lynn is the is the Jack Parsons of uh, <laughs> pop rock production. Still, That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> still armed for the moment, but. <laughs> Cause uh, when you're when you're producing an album, is there like a certain producer that you're like thinking in the back of your mind, like? I wonder what so-and-so would do or like when you're about to pull out a gun or something, you're like, Oh, this is yeah, like, yeah. like Phil Spector's <laughs> thing. Yeah. And I'm doing this it now. This is the Phil Spector move right here. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess maybe, I, I think it's maybe happened a, a time or two. Mostly when I'm producing, I'm like, so, you know, kind of invested and maybe mentally, <laughs> Um, consumed with that project that I kind of don't have time to, to, you know, it's like, I'm, it's funny. I'm at the studio now and on the console, on one of the speakers, I have like the oblique strategies cards. Oh, nice. I've never opened them (laughs) to make a record. That's the funny thing, right? It's like in some ways, it's like a talisman. It's a a talisman. It's a totem (laughs) for your hopes and dreams, you know, but it's just bull. It's just, it's nonsense. It's like, you know, we, I, it's just sitting here and I'm, and I've made like a hundred records in the last couple of years and I've never opened it once. Uh, <laughs> but, 
but it's like something that like makes people feel good you know it's like the spirit of of, of brian eno yeah. is is wafting around the studio and it's kind of like well i don't you know <laughs> maybe i don't know um I mean, I've had I've had it's situations funny, like, before. Having, having those there is almost like an oblique strategy. Like <laughs> just the seeing most them, it's like yeah. it's like a frame of mind, you know. <laughs> it Bad. doesn't get any more oblique than not even opening the box. <laughs> right. It's like the Schrodinger's cat of yes, like exactly. potential <laughs> potential production moves, you know. Um, hey guys, you know, I, I, Jared. Yes, yeah. I got some bad news. Oh no. Breaking news. We're out of time. Oh, time? Oh, yeah, oh. we are. Time is up. Well, that 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 may not be that bad. For the <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to talk more some other time. Hey, but before we do uh, leave, uh, your album, Houses of the Holy, is now sold out and unavailable, right? I That's what that's what I've heard. Uh, whether it's true or not, you know, yeah. I'll let the I'll let the potential buyer decide. But the MP3s are not sold out yet. <laughs> I, I who, who why would anybody buy those? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, your latest album, Houses of the Holy, um, b- buy it from a third-party seller for a hundred dollars wherever you can find it. Um, no, it's a great double album um, on Joyful Noise Records, Joyful Noise Recordings. Yeah. Which which is it? Recordings, recordings. Yeah, recordings. Straight man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, and where can we? Uh, find you in your studio on the net oh it's uh, music from big ego b-i-g-e-g-o dot com alright wonderful um, well thanks for talking to us Chris it's nice catching up hope you guys have this a nice great. holiday time out there um, everybody listen to the Psychic Temple records there's five five of them now right yep five or six alright um, here's a song from Houses of the Holy here is Why Should I Wait? Mm-hmm.